0: Thank you for joining me on another episode of Murderish, which is brought to you by Beta Brand. I want to shout out Chrissa for becoming the latest show patron. Thank you so much for your support, Chrissa. And ishers, don't forget about the Murderish meetup happening on October 18th, 2019 at Idle Hour on Vineland Avenue in North Hollywood. The meetup starts at 6 and goes until whenever. I'm really looking forward to seeing some of you there. One last thing before we get into the case. This episode involves the death of an infant and somewhat graphic discussions about the coroner's findings during an autopsy. Discussions regarding eating disorders are also discussed in this episode. These topics may be difficult for some people to hear. Please use discretion before listening. The
1: opinions expressed in this episode do not necessarily reflect those of the Murderish Podcast. Sensitive topics are discussed. Listener discretion is advised. I'm sorry. You. 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 you should
0: have just told us. I know. If you I just mean, told The kids get pregnant every day. Pregnancy is not the end of the world. I'm so sorry. Pre- I, I love them. I'm sorry. I'm
1: sorry. What did they tell you? They just. They just. I think they want to know if I killed it myself.
0: The case I'm covering today brings us to the small, quiet town of Carlisle, Ohio. Carlisle, located about 40 miles north of Cincinnati, has a population of about 5,000 people. The town's crime rate is lower than the national average, making it a desirable place for families to settle and raise their children. The town of Carlisle is home to a landmark WFO house, which looks like two flying saucers connected by a rounded pathway. Some big-name celebrities grew up in the quaint town. Actors Martin Sheen and Chad Lowe once called Carlisle home. One family seemed to be living the perfect life in Carlisle. But in the summer of 2017, a secret would come to the surface in a major way and forever change how the public viewed the so-called perfect family. Join me as I walk you through the tragic and polarizing case involving Brooke Schuyler Richardson, In 2017, the Richardson family were living in a beautiful home in an upscale neighborhood in Carlisle, Ohio. Scott and Kim Richardson had two teenage children, Brooke, who was often referred to as Skyler, and her younger brother Jackson. Scott and Kim did well for themselves and were well known and respected in the small community. Scott worked as an accountant while Kim worked in human resources. The family attended a local church regularly. By all accounts, Scott and Kim were overachievers who expected a lot from their children. Kim, according to many people, was especially concerned with outward appearances. Some people have said that she even referred to her family as the perfect family. The Richardson children seemed to be falling in line with the perfect image their parents supposedly wanted to portray. During the 2017 school year, Jackson played football on the Carlisle High School team, older sister Skyler was on the high school's cheerleading squad. Both of them were good kids. Skyler wasn't known to drink or party. Instead, she was a member of the National Honor Society, on the student council, and volunteered coaching children with disabilities. After graduation, Skyler planned to attend the University of Cincinnati to pursue a degree in psychology. Skyler, with her light blonde hair, light eyes, and tiny frame, was, on the outside, what many girls likely aspired to be. While Skylar appeared to have it all, she lived in constant mental and physical turmoil. Skylar suffered from an eating disorder that started at a very young age. According to her mother, Kim, Skylar was obsessed with her body image from at least the age of 10. On the cheerleading squad, Skylar was a flyer, someone who was tossed into the air by others on the squad. Perhaps her position on the cheerleading squad perpetuated Skylar's obsession with staying thin. As she wanted to remain lightweight, Kim said Skylar would throw up her meals, and this behavior only intensified as cheerleading season drew near every year. Skylar, according to her mother, would binge during the off-season and purge as the season was about to begin. Scott and Kim had sought help for their daughter's eating disorder as Skylar was getting counseling as a teenager. Even so, Kim Richardson was known to cheer her daughter on when she'd tell her about all the sit-ups she did on a particular day, or how great her stomach looked. Whether she knew it or not, Kim's praise for her daughter's body-related achievements was like adding fuel to a fire. The praise Kim gave Skylar for these achievements was sending the wrong message to a girl who suffered from body dysmorphia. Skylar's weight fluctuated quite a bit as she binged and purged. Skylar's menstrual cycle was highly irregular, a common side effect of an eating disorder. During the beginning of the 2017 school year, Skylar was dating an older guy named Trey, but their relationship only lasted a month. Just before he went off to college, Skylar broke up with Trey. She didn't think the two of them should continue being in a relationship given that their lives were going in two different directions. After dating for only a month, according to Trey, Skyler broke things off with him and blocked him on social media. When Trey reached out to Skyler on social media to ask for some of his belongings, she never responded and blocked him shortly after that. The two of them never communicated after that point. Later in the school year, during winter, Skyler began dating a guy named Brandon Saylor. A few months later, in early May, the two of them went to prom together. Skyler wore a stunning, bright red, form-fitting dress. In photos from that night, Skylar is smiling from ear to ear. On the outside, it appeared that Skylar was living a fairy tale life. Just two days after she attended prom with Brandon, Skylar's fairy tale facade would end in the most shocking of ways. In the middle of the night on May 7th, Skylar woke up with an immense pressure in her abdomen and felt as if she needed to use the restroom. Alone in a bathroom, just down the hall from her parents' bedroom, Skylar sat down on the toilet. What happened next would thrust Skylar and her family into the spotlight in a way that nobody would ever wish to be. After Skylar sat down on the toilet, the 18-year-old girl gave birth to a baby girl. What happened after Skylar gave birth is still up for debate today. No matter which theory people believe, Skylar's actions during her pregnancy and after she gave birth would create an incredibly polarizing case that is both tragic and shocking. Although Skylar gave birth in May of 2017, her secret would not reveal itself for two more months. Before we get into those details, let's examine the events leading up to the moment Skylar gave birth. Once it was clear how serious Skylar and Brandon's relationship had become, Skylar's mother thought it best for her daughter to get on birth control. In April of 2017, a month prior to prom, Kim took Skylar to the doctor to get a prescription for birth control. Kim waited in the lobby during the appointment, given that Skylar was 18 years old at the time. It was during this appointment that Skylar would discover she was pregnant and very close to being full term. If you're like me, you love rocking yoga pants everywhere you go because they are so comfortable. And maybe you stop short of wearing them to work because they're not professional enough. Well, I've got a solution. Beta Brand's Dress Pant Yoga Pants are amazing. These pants are comfy like yoga pants, but they are totally work appropriate. And the wrinkle-resistant, four-way stretch Ponte knit fabric is top-notch. I am totally digging my Skinny Leg Cigarette Dress Pant Yoga Pants. I've worn them to work, on a night out with my husband, and they're really versatile, and the fit is so flattering. I get more compliments on these pants than I ever did in the uncomfortable pants I used to wear to work. Beta Brand has styles for every body shape. Whether you're into skinny styles, cropped, straight leg, bootleg, Beta Brand has got you covered. Many of Beta Brand's styles have multiple pockets, so you have an option to ditch your purse. And forget about taking these pants to the dry cleaner. They're machine washable. Huge bonus. That's why I started wearing Beta Brand's dress pant yoga pants. Visit betabrand.com/murderish, all lowercase, to get 20% off yours. Millions of women agree these are the most comfortable pants you'll ever wear to work. That's b e t a b r a n d.com/murderish, all lowercase, to get 20% off your dress pant yoga pants. As a routine procedure, Skylar's OBGYN, Dr. William Andrew, asked Skylar for a urine sample. Shortly after, Dr. Andrew told Skylar that her urine test came back positive for pregnancy. Skylar, according to Dr. Andrew, was visibly upset after hearing this news. Skylar was crying and expressed that she was afraid to tell her parents. Dr. Andrew did an ultrasound on Skylar, and told her that he believed she was about 32 weeks pregnant. Dr. Andrew let Skylar hear the baby's heartbeat, and later said that it's helpful to do this with a patient who's in denial regarding their pregnancy. During this visit, Skylar told Dr. Andrew that she was entering college soon and could not have a baby. Dr. Andrew assured her that having a baby shouldn't dissuade her from attending college. Before she left, Skylar asked Dr. Andrew not to tell her mom about the pregnancy and told him that her mom was expecting her to walk out of the appointment with a prescription for birth control. It's been reported that Skylar was adamant that she needed to get a prescription for birth control so her mother wouldn't suspect anything. Allegedly, Dr. Andrew gave Skylar the prescription under the premise that Skylar would return to his office for prenatal visits. Dr. Andrew further told her to call him if she felt like she wanted to harm herself or the baby. Skylar, however, never contacted Dr. Andrew after that appointment and never went in for prenatal visits. It's been speculated that perhaps Dr. Andrew had already sent Skylar's birth control prescription to the pharmacy prior to finding out that she was pregnant, and maybe he failed to rescind the prescription after learning that Skylar was pregnant. Then, the pharmacy called to let Kim know that her daughter's prescription was ready to be picked up. This may be the case, as it would seem odd for a doctor to prescribe birth control to a pregnant woman under any circumstances. Skylar joined her mom in the waiting room after the doctor visit. Kim would later say that it was obvious that Skylar had been crying. Based on Dr. Andrew's assessment, Skylar believed she still had several weeks to reveal her secret. Instead. She secretly gave birth to a baby girl just 11 days later. During the early morning hours of May 7th, Skylar is alone in an upstairs bathroom inside her family home. Her brother and parents are asleep in their bedrooms. Skylar is feeling a lot of pressure and had been experiencing intense cramping and lower back pain in the hours leading up to this moment. Skylar later told police she sat down on the toilet, and the baby just kind of came out. She told them she reached down with her hands in order to stop the baby from falling into the toilet. Skylar said she held her baby girl and waited hours for her to open her eyes, but she never did. Skylar said the baby girl was pale in color and didn't have a heartbeat, and that she believed the baby was stillborn. Skylar eventually wrapped her baby girl in a towel and cleaned up the bathroom. What Skylar did next would land her in court, accused of murder, and facing the potential of serving life in prison. After wrapping her daughter in a towel, Skylar walked into the garage with her baby in her arms she grabbed a shovel and then walked out into the family's backyard. She dug a hole in between two trees at the edge of the yard, near the family's fire pit. Skylar later told police she had to bury her baby, but she wasn't able to dig a very deep hole because she was in a great deal of pain. Skylar placed her baby's body inside of the hole and dropped some wilted sweetheart rose petals on top of her lifeless body. The rose petals were from prom night And they were pink, Skylar's favorite color. Skylar then proceeded to fill the hole with dirt. The burial spot was within eyesight of the window of Skylar's bedroom. Before the burial, Skylar gave her baby girl a name, Annabelle. On July 12, 2017, about two months after she gave birth, Skylar returned to the doctor for a refill on her birth control. This time, she saw a different doctor but the medical staff remembered Skylar from her appointment with Dr. Andrew. The medical staff recalled that Skylar was pregnant during her last visit, and she would have had the baby by now. The doctor she was seeing this time inquired as to how the baby was doing. Skylar responded by telling the doctor everything. Skylar told the doctor she had given birth and then buried the baby in her backyard. Obviously stunned, once Skylar left the appointment, the doctor contacted authorities and told them of the shocking statements Skylar had made. Five days later, on July 17th, law enforcement discovered baby Annabelle's remains buried in the backyard, right where Skylar said they would be. Two days after receiving a call from Skylar's doctor's office, police brought her in for questioning at the Carlisle Police Department. Skylar was informed of her rights but elected not to have an attorney present during questioning. On July 14th, during her first interrogation, Skylar was forthcoming about burying her baby in the backyard. As video cameras rolled, Skylar is heard telling police that her baby was stillborn. While crying, Skylar told police, I never meant to hurt her. When asked what she did with the towel in which she wrapped her baby, Skylar said she threw it away because she didn't want her parents to find out what she did. Skylar admitted to police that once she knew her baby was dead, she buried her in the backyard. Skylar told them she never contacted her doctor's office for prenatal visits because she was scared. She said during the interrogation, I didn't really want to have my baby. I really don't know what I planned to do. She admitted to doing some internet searches about abortion, but realized she was too far along to have one. When police asked her if she gave herself an abortion, Skylar said quietly, I would never. As one of the officers knelt down beside Skylar and held her hand, Skylar said, my parents are going to kill me. At some point, the two interrogating officers told Skylar they were going to allow her to speak with her parents. When Scott and Kim Richardson walked into the interrogation room, Kim gave her daughter a hug that seemed distant. The tone of Skylar's voice changes as she says, Mommy, Mommy, I'm so sorry. Skylar sounds like a little girl as she apologizes again. Her dad asks her, what did they tell you? Skylar replies, I think they want to know if I killed it myself. Kim is heard telling Skylar that she will go to jail, and Skylar adamantly tells her parents she did not kill her baby. Kim is then heard saying, softly, we had a perfect life. Scott asked Skylar who the father is, And she says it's Trey, the older boy she dated for a little while early in the school year, the boy with whom she broke up and blocked on social media. Skylar continues telling her parents she didn't hurt her baby. As Skylar is talking to her parents, her dad points out that investigators are digging something up in their backyard that they knew nothing about. Skylar continues to apologize to her parents and tells them she couldn't tell them about the baby because they would have been so mad at her. Kim proceeds to tell Skylar that it's in the papers, it's everywhere, the neighbors are calling, and that they're all aware that they're digging something up in their backyard. When asked by her dad if she told police everything, Skylar replies, yeah, I didn't have anything to hide. When asked what happened, Skylar tells her parents she had the baby but she wasn't breathing. Kim asks Skylar how she cut the umbilical cord, and Skylar says, I didn't. It just came out of me. There was a long, awkward silence, and then a heavy sigh from one of her parents. And then Skylar says, I didn't kill it. Scott asked Skylar if the cord was wrapped around the baby's neck. Skylar says no, and then she says she held the baby very tight, and that's the only thing she can think of. And then again she says, I didn't kill it. Skylar's dad then asks her about the birth control pills and seems confused as to why the doctor would prescribe pills to a woman who is pregnant. Skylar also admits that she began taking the pills right away and didn't think they would harm the baby. Skylar looks at her mom and says, Mommy, in a childlike voice, and reaches out to hold her mom's hand. Kim doesn't reciprocate. When her parents inquire about whether she knew she was pregnant before the first doctor appointment, She says she didn't think she was pregnant, but she had a feeling she might be. Then it was confirmed once she visited Dr. Andrew. Skylar also admitted to her parents that she looked up self-abortion on the internet during her pregnancy. When asked if she did a self-abortion, Skylar says no. Then she goes on to say shortly after, It's my own baby. I would never try and hurt it. Skylar's dad points out that she just turned 18 and her mom interrupts and tells Skylar she'll go to a women's prison. A little while later, Skylar again says she didn't have to cut the umbilical cord and asks her parents, Will you always love me? To which her father replies, Yes, honey, we'll always love you. Skylar later asks, Do you believe me? Her father seems unsure, telling Skylar that he isn't sure if they can believe her, because she lied so much leading up to the birth. After another long pause, Scott asks Skylar if her current boyfriend, Brandon, knew anything about the pregnancy or birth, and Skylar says no. Shortly after this, Skylar says something about going home, and Kim tells her, Skylar, you're not going home with us. Skylar becomes upset after this, and Scott says to his wife, Honey, don't start that. Kim goes on to say, Skylar, I'm telling you, it makes me sick. Kim then says something about a bag of popcorn that Skylar made, and she says, you're never going to finish. Scott again says to Kim, stop, sounding very agitated. Kim goes on to tell Skylar, I'm losing my baby, and I did everything right. Scott eventually gets up and sits next to his daughter and puts his arms around her. Skylar is sobbing. It's been reported that after Skylar visited with Dr. Andrew to get birth control, Kim received a message or an email from Dr. Andrew's office regarding a positive pregnancy test. Allegedly, Kim confronted Skylar about it, and Skylar told her it must be some sort of mistake and that she'd look into it. If this is true, then Kim Richardson may have known her daughter was pregnant and also kept it a secret. That said, Kim has always maintained that she was not aware of Skylar's pregnancy until police took Skylar in for questioning. After her first interrogation with police, Skylar is allowed to go home. A few days after the interrogation, Dr. Elizabeth Murray, a forensic anthropologist, called investigators and said she believed there was evidence indicating the baby had been born alive and that she had sustained burn injuries. Dr. Murray said that during her examination of the rib bones, she observed the ends of the bones were darker than the rest. This led her to believe the baby had been burned before the burial. After getting this information, investigators called Skylar in a second time to question her about this new information. Six days after her first interrogation, on July 20th, officers asked Skylar about the newly discovered burn evidence. During the first hour of questioning, Skylar repeatedly denies burning her baby. After about an hour, however, Skylar's story changed. One of the detectives asked Skylar, Did you put the lighter on, like, the feet or something? Skylar replies, Yeah. The detective says to her, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but, like, feet? Legs? I mean, you didn't put it on her face. Skylar replies, No. After being interrogated by officers for over an hour, Skylar's father is brought in. After being questioned by him, Skylar says to her father, I tried to cremate the baby. Although Skylar eventually told investigators and her dad that she tried to burn the baby, she denied burning her 17 times and said the baby was born dead 29 times, leading up to her admission that she tried burning her. When Skyler's second interrogation was over, she was arrested and charged in the death of her newborn baby girl. The following day, Skylar was charged with one count of reckless homicide and indicted two weeks later on five charges including aggravated murder, involuntary manslaughter, child endangerment, tampering with evidence, and gross abuse of a corpse. The 18-year-old young woman faced life in prison if convicted. Skyler's defense attorney, Charles Ritgers, commented to reporters after her arraignment, She's taking it in a way you would expect. It's a shock to her. It's a tragic situation. Three days after her arraignment, on August 7th, Skylar pleaded not guilty to all charges. She was released on a $50,000 bond and placed on house arrest. Once the details of Skylar's case came out, the public was outraged. The case sparked a major backlash in the quiet town of Carlisle. Skylar was made to wear an ankle bracelet and had a curfew from 9 p.m. to 7 a.m. People would camp outside of the Richardson home, waiting for her to come outside so they could get a picture of Skylar wearing her ankle monitor. Skylar was subject to GPS tracking and random home visits. The Richardsons' avid churchgoers were no longer welcome at church after Skylar's arrest. People would shout profanities at them and Skyler when they left the house. Two Facebook pages were established, one in support of Skyler and the other opposing her. Both pages were named Justice for Annabelle, and each had over 1,000 followers. Skyler's case was by far the biggest scandal that had occurred in the small community. The last scandal to hit the headlines in Carlisle was 14 years prior when a longtime teacher and football coach, Joseph Marshall, committed suicide in a hotel. Although it seemed Scott and Kim questioned whether their daughter was telling the truth about killing her baby, they supported her publicly. Kim was quoted as saying, No one should be prosecuted for having stillborn babies. During trial, Scott said about his daughter, She would never hurt another living being, let alone a baby. Many people have questioned why Skylar's parents never got her an attorney. It's been reported that when police showed up to ask to speak with Skylar, her parents still didn't know anything about the pregnancy or the burial, and they believed police questioning would be fairly routine. Scott would later say the decision not to get Skylar an attorney early on is one of his greatest regrets. But one of the biggest questions people had is how her family didn't notice that Skylar was pregnant. Her family claims that due to Skylar's eating disorder, her weight often fluctuated, sometimes as much as 40 pounds. Her family had noticed that Skylar gained weight, but they believed it was because Skylar was beginning to live a healthier lifestyle and the weight gain was a positive sign. In a photo taken of Skylar in her prom dress, she doesn't appear to be pregnant at first glance. Although, if you look closer, You can see that she does seem to have a rounded belly, but it's small. Her prom dress was purchased weeks before she went to prom, and it still fit her even though her pregnancy had advanced and she was almost full term. There's also a photo of Skylar wearing a bikini not long before she gave birth. An argument could be made that in this photo, Skylar doesn't appear to be pregnant. But to someone who's carried a child, you can see that Skylar's body does appear to be showing signs of pregnancy. Skylar's friends and family members told People magazine they didn't know she was pregnant and that they believed she was innocent. Her relatives said that they would have supported her had she told them about her pregnancy. Still, Skylar hid her pregnancy, and her actions after birth would have to be heard in court. Out of a pool of 70 people, a jury made up of seven women and five men were chosen to hear Schuyler's case. The trial would be overseen by Judge Donald Oda II. Just days before Schuyler's trial was scheduled to begin, the defense filed a motion to exclude her doctor's testimony as it would violate doctor-patient confidentiality. Judge Oda pointed out that while medical conversations between a patient and their doctor are privileged, Conversations surrounding the burial of a baby were not. The defense's request to have the doctor's testimony thrown out was denied. The defense team then filed an appeal with the state Supreme Court, who declined to hear the case. In September of 2019, now 20 years old, Skylar Richardson went on trial. Charles Ritgers, Skylar's attorney, attempted to have the trial moved to a different county. Given the amount of press and public backlash, arguing that his client would not receive a fair trial in Warren County, the judge denied this request. During the eight-day trial, twenty-eight witnesses were called to testify. Witnesses included detectives, doctors, teachers, classmates, a psychologist, Brooke's father, and brother. During trial, much more would be learned about Skylar's comments and actions right after she delivered her baby. The prosecution would take full advantage of this, and the jury would have to decide whether Skylar's behavior demonstrated motive for Skylar to murder her own baby. In his opening statements, Warren County prosecutor David Fornshell showed the jury a photo that Skylar took of herself just hours after she delivered her baby. The photo is a selfie that Skylar took at the gym. Skylar's wearing gym shorts and a sports bra and her lower belly is protruding a bit. Skylar is smiling in the picture. While the photo was displayed in court, Fornshell said to the jury, this photo was taken at the gym hours after she had given birth to a full-term child without any medical assistance. The prosecution claimed that Skylar was a self-absorbed girl, obsessed with her looks and someone who did not want to be strapped down by a baby. Fornshell claimed that she murdered her baby and buried her in the backyard with no intentions of ever telling anyone. The prosecution further claimed that Schuyler attempted to burn her baby, which, in addition to the baby being buried for 10 to 12 weeks, made it impossible to determine the cause of death. Although the forensic anthropologist, Dr. Murray, indicated during the investigation that the baby's bones showed signs of burning, she later retracted that statement during trial. Another forensic anthropologist, Dr. Krista Latham, said during trial there were no signs of burning or evidence of trauma that could be related to the cause of death of this individual. It seemed the claims that Skylar burned her baby were discredited during trial, but the damage was done, so to speak. The claims that Skylar tried to burn her baby are the very reason investigators brought her in a second time for questioning and ultimately arrested her after she eventually admitted to it. Regarding Schuyler's admission to investigators that she tried to cremate her baby, her defense attorney pointed out the manner in which investigators interrogated Schuyler. Ritgers told the jury that investigators said to Schuyler during questioning, Look, it will be much better if you just say you cremated your child, as opposed to throwing her in the middle of a fire. After over an hour of questioning, Skyler finally broke down and told investigators, Okay, I touched the baby with a lighter and tried to cremate her. Ritgers was attempting to show the jury that investigators may have elicited a false confession from Schuyler given the aggressive manner in which they interrogated her. In addition to the forensic anthropologist recanting her statement regarding the baby being burned, no evidence of a fire was found in the Richardson's backyard. The defense argued that not only did Skylar give a false confession, she was under immense pressure from her family to keep up the facade of a perfect family. When she found out she was pregnant, Skylar said she was afraid of how her parents would react and she feared rejection, so she chose to hide it from them and everyone else. The prosecution, however, wasn't done presenting the jury with information about Skylar's actions in the days after she gave birth. In addition to the gym selfie, Fornshell presented the jury with Skylar's text messages. Later in the morning, the day she gave birth, Skylar sent a text message to her then-boyfriend, Brandon Saylor. In her text message, she said, I'll tell you all about it later, but last night was like the worst ever, and I didn't go to sleep until 5.30, but I feel so much better this morning. I'm happy. Also, shortly after giving birth, Skylar sent text messages to her mom saying, I am literally speechless with how happy I am. My belly is back, OMG. She sent another text message to her mom saying, You are about to see me looking freaking better than before. In another text message to her mother, Skylar said, I'm literally so excited for dinner to wear something cute. Yay. My belly is back now and I am taking this opportunity to make it amazing. Perhaps these text messages were a window into the mind of someone who suffered from an eating disorder and body dysmorphia. Perhaps it was also an indication of Skylar's strong desire to please her mother, who, by all accounts, held her daughter to a very high standard. Regardless of what motivated Skylar to say these things, the prosecution used Skylar's own words to demonstrate to the jury that she was a selfish girl who only cared about her looks and seemed to have no empathy for what she had done. The defense countered the prosecution's claims by arguing that Skylar came from an overachieving family with parents who put a lot of pressure on their kids to meet certain standards. Because of this, the defense argued, Skylar was terrified of how her parents would react to the news of her being pregnant, and she saw no other way but to hide it when the baby was born dead skylar believed she gave her a proper burial she even gave her baby a name and buried her with an eyesight of her bedroom window this according to the defense showed empathy and compassion on skylar's part skylar's computer was examined during the investigation and it was uncovered that she had done an internet search on how to get rid of a baby skylar admitted to investigators and her parents that she had searched for information about getting an abortion, but realized she was too far along to have one. She denied trying to give herself an abortion. One of the hurdles the prosecution faced was determining baby Annabelle's cause of death. Due to the length of time she was buried and the size of the bones recovered, it was difficult for the coroner to determine her cause of death. The bones were so small It was difficult to tell whether they were digging up rocks or bones. The coroner said on the stand that all they were able to recover for examination were a few small bones, some hair, and a few tiny fingernails. No recognizable organs were recovered, and the baby's skin had already decomposed. Due to the lack of physical evidence, the coroner couldn't tell whether the baby had been drowned or suffocated, for example. The coroner did say, however, that all of the evidence pointed to homicide. Prosecutor Fornshell said during trial, To be frank with you, I'm not sure we will ever provide to you the exact medical cause of death, and the reason for that is because the significant decomposition of the body. Skyler's body shook as she listened to testimony about the baby's remains. Trey Johnson, baby Annabelle's father, testified that he and Skylar had sex twice during their month-long relationship. He said he didn't know anything about the pregnancy. When he was asked if he knew about it, Trey replied, not at all. He said he only found out about the pregnancy because a detective requested a buccal swab from him to determine whether he was the father. Schuyler's mother, Kim, was absent from the courtroom at times because she was potentially going to be called as a witness. Schuyler's father, Scott, was allowed in the courtroom the entire time, even though he was also called as a witness. The difference was that he had been called to testify as a victim's advocate. After eight days of trial and testimony from almost 30 witnesses, Schuyler's trial concluded and the jury began deliberating. They would have to determine whether the baby was born alive and whether Brooke made false admissions during interrogations. After just four and a half hours, the jury was ready to deliver their verdicts. Skylar was breathing heavily as she waited for the verdicts to be read aloud. She was visibly shaken, her head twitching slightly as she awaited the verdicts.
1: All right, ma'am, has the jury reached a verdict in the case? We have. Would the defendant please rise? With regard to count one, we the jury in the above caption case find the defendant, Brooke Schuyler Richardson, not guilty of the offense of aggravated murder. And there appear to be 12 jury uh, signatures affixed. Verdict form two, involuntary manslaughter. We the jury in the above caption case do by hereby find the defendant, Brooke Schuyler Richardson, not guilty of the offense of involuntary manslaughter. Count three, child endangerment. We, the jury, find the defendant, Brooke Schuyler Richardson, not guilty of child endangerment. It does say we further find the defendant did not cause serious physical harm to the alleged victim, but the, uh, that finding is not necessary as a matter of law. Verdict form number four, we, the jury, in the above caption case, find the defendant, Brooke Schuyler Richardson, guilty of the offense of abuse of a corpse. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, are those the verdicts of the jury? Yes, sir. You may be seated.
0: On September 12, 2019, the jury found Brooke Schuyler Richardson not guilty on aggravated murder, involuntary manslaughter, and endangering a child. These were the most serious charges, and they hinged on whether the baby was born alive. The jury found Schuyler guilty on the felony charge of gross abuse of a corpse. Gross abuse of a corpse is a low-level felony in the state of Ohio, and carries a maximum sentence of six months. Upon hearing the not guilty verdict for the third charge of endangering a child, Skyler's attorney hugged her as she began to sob. The following day, Skyler was back in court for sentencing. In her impact statement, Tracy Johnson, Trey's mother, spoke out about how this tragedy has affected her and her family. Tracy said that her son Trey is a totally different person and that she can't bring herself to hold babies anymore. She went on to say, Two years, four months, and one week. That's how old my granddaughter would be if she were here. The following day, Skylar was sentenced to seven days in jail and credited for time served. She was also ordered to do three years of community service. If she violates the conditions of her community service, she could be sentenced to serve a year in prison. When given an opportunity to speak, Skylar apologized repeatedly and said, I am forever sorry. Then she turned to Trey's family, the father of her baby, and said, I'm sorry.
1: Ms. Richardson, you get the last word in all of this. Is there anything that you want to tell me before I impose a sentence? Thank you, Your Honor. I would do anything and above that you ask, and I understand, and I just wanted to say how sorry I was. I can sometimes be selfish, but I would like to think that I've become better in the knowledge that I've upset everyone and hurt so many people with what I've done, and I'm forever sorry, and I, I'm so sorry. I, I'm really, really sorry, and I understand,
0: and thank you. After Skylar's statement, Judge Donald Oda II had some parting comments for Skylar. He told her that she acted with grotesque disregard for life, and said the law restricted the sentence he could hand down. The judge also said that in his heart, he knew the child would be alive if Schuyler had made better decisions. Baby Annabelle's remains had been in the Montgomery County Morgue in the custody of the Warren County Sheriff since they were recovered from the Richardson's backyard in 2017. Judge Oda ordered that the remains should be released to Schuyler's family after Scott Richardson made a promise that baby Annabelle would be given a proper burial, which is accessible to Trey Johnson and his family. Scott Richardson told the judge that they had already secured a burial site. The judge also told Trey's mother, Tracy, to let the court know if the baby's remains were not buried in a proper manner or in a location where their family could not visit the gravesite. Prosecutor Fornshell said after the trial concluded that there are many opinions as to what happened, but factually, because she buried the baby and it was in the ground for months, there is no proof. She accomplished what she intended to do. It's interesting that Fornshell referred to the baby as it during his statement. Assistant Warren County Prosecutor Steve Nippen had previously pointed out that Skylar only referred to her baby as it during interrogations. Trey's mother, Tracy Johnson, pointed out in a public statement that Skylar referred to her granddaughter as it during police interviews. Both Nippen and Tracy believe this showed a coldness on Skylar's part, as she never referred to her baby by her name, Annabelle. Although Skylar has suffered from an eating disorder for years, The trial took a major toll on her emotionally and physically. In video footage and photos of Skylar during trial, she appears gaunt and frail. Her attorney has reported that she was down to 89 pounds and had lost a significant amount of her hair. During sentencing, Skylar's father, Scott, pleaded with the judge to get her home quickly so they could get her healthy again. Skylar was released from custody and is currently living with her parents. Skyler's case received a huge amount of press with people comparing her to Casey Anthony and calling her Casey Anthony Jr. Her sentence sent some people into an uproar as they believed it was far too light given what she had done. Today, many people still believe that Skyler killed her baby because she was selfish and obsessed with her looks. Some people, however, believe that she was under an immense amount of pressure from her parents and saw no other way out, and due to this, she hid her pregnancy and gave her baby as proper a burial as she could give. The fact that Skylar gave her baby a name before burying her indicates to some people that she cared about her. Skylar buried baby Annabelle in a location that she could easily see from her bedroom window, and this also makes some people believe she cared about her daughter as she could have disposed of her body in a location further away in order to detach herself from the baby. A jury of 12 people either believed Schuyler's version of events or simply that the prosecution did not prove beyond a reasonable doubt that she killed baby Annabelle. Regardless, the only person who knows the truth is Brooke Schuyler Richardson, and she has yet to speak publicly since the trial concluded. The jury's verdict in this case was controversial, but is it the verdict people should be upset about or the sentence? Did the jury get it right? What about Skylar's sentence, is it fair? Which theory do you believe? Did Skylar kill baby Annabelle for selfish reasons, or was the baby stillborn and Skylar's decision to hide everything was motivated by the fear she had of her parents? I want to hear where you stand on this polarizing and tragic case. If you or anyone you know are suffering from an eating disorder, help is available at the National Eating Disorder Association. You can contact the association at 1-800-931-2237. You can also text NEDA to 741741 to be connected to a trained volunteer at the Crisis Text Line. Thanks again for joining me on this episode of Murderish. I'm interested in discussing this case with you. Head over to the Murderish Facebook discussion group where we can talk about this case with other like-minded people. You can also find me on Twitter at MurderishPod or on Instagram at MurderishPodcast. If you like the show, there are so many ways you can support it. You can start by hitting the subscribe button wherever you're listening now and tell a friend about Murderish. You can also leave the show a rating and review in iTunes, which makes the show more discoverable. Buying products and services advertised on the show is another great way to help. This episode was made possible by Beta Brand. Make sure to use my special URL or promo code when you buy. Interested in extra Murderish perks? Go to Patreon.com/Murderish, where your monthly support will take you behind the mic and give you access to perks like exclusive bonus content, murderish t-shirts, stickers, a shout out on the podcast and other cool stuff. Want to show the world you're not a murderer, just murder-ish? Check out my online merch store at murderishpodcast.threadless.com. I have t-shirts, coffee mugs, you name it. If you have any comments or questions, or if you'd like a copy of episode source material, email me at murderishjamie at gmail.com. That's Murderish, J-A-M-I, at gmail.com. Murderish is mixed and mastered by John Buchanis of Audio Editing Solutions. Music in this episode was composed by Nico of We Talk of Dreams. This episode was researched by Murderish researcher Tiffany Williams and written by me. Don't forget to mark your calendars for October 18th, 2019 for the Los Angeles Meetup, It's all going down at Idle Hour on Vineland Avenue in North Hollywood. The event starts at 6 and goes till whenever. As always, ishers, thank you for joining me on another episode of Murderish. And remember, listening to this podcast doesn't make you a murderer. It just means you're murder-ish.